Hello, everyone. I'm Nelson Searcy, and let me welcome you to the ChurchLeaderInsights.com podcast. This is your regular podcast where we focus on church growth, church planting, church health, and all things related to being an effective pastor and church leader. Glad to have you with me for this podcast, and I'm very excited that today we are introducing a three-part series where over the next three podcasts, you're going to be going inside my Renegade Pastors Conference for an ongoing conversation I had with Bill Eason. And this is going to be a very exciting podcast, and it's going to be a very truth-telling podcast. In fact, if you've ever had a chance to be around Bill Eason, you know that he does not mince words, and he tells it like it is when it comes to church growth and church health. So I'm very excited to have you with me here. And uh, also at the end of our podcast today, I'm going to give you a very special opportunity to take a test drive of my new Renegade Pastors Network, which is my basic level coaching network where I help you abandon average. And speaking of abandon average, let me set up this podcast by saying that uh, the first part that you're going to hear today, which we've entitled The Truth About Church Growth, it's about a 10 or 12 minute conversation that I had with Bill Eason in front of the Renegade Pastors Conference that recently took place in Los Angeles. Now, if you're not familiar with the Renegade Pastors Conference, there's a reason for that. And that is, this is a conference that I only do for members of my coaching network. But uh, recently, about 100 Renegade Pastors gathered in Disneyland, Anaheim, California, in the greater Los Angeles area, where we were challenged by various speakers, including myself and others. And uh, our keynote speaker for that event was Bill Eason. And uh, during this three-part conversation that you're going to hear over the next three podcasts, I'm going to ask Bill some very challenging questions, and he's going to give you some direct truth that's really going to help you in leading and growing a healthy church. So this first part is entitled, The Truth About Church Growth. And it begins by me asking Bill Eason to comment on the legacy of Donald McGavran. And Donald McGavran is considered the modern-day founder of the church growth movement. And Bill has been on the cutting edge of that movement as an early contemporary of uh, Donald McGavran in the early part of Bill's ministry all the way up through uh, Bill has been on the forefront of thinking. In fact, let me give you a, a, an official introduction to Bill Eason, and then we're going to go inside the conference for this first conversation. Uh, Bill Eason has a 30-plus year, going on 40-year track record of uh, growing congregations in multiple denominations. He's known primarily as the pastor of a United Methodist Church, and the most recent one he pastored grew to become one of the largest United Methodist churches in South Texas. He also has a commitment to evangelism and social justice and various others. He is also a recipient of the prestigious Donald McGavran Award for Outstanding Church Leadership. Most of you may know Bill as a consultant to congregations. Uh, back in 1986, he founded 21st Century Strategies. In 2000, that became Eason Bandy and Associates, and uh, then it has continued to evolve uh, over time. And uh, he serves churches in the U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Ghana, South Africa, and literally all over the world. Bill has personally served as a consultant uh, in over 700 congregations, some of which are the largest in the nation. He's a regular contributor to uh, various magazines, and he's the co-author of a number of books, as well as a best-selling author uh, himself. And uh, his best-selling books include the Church Growth Handbook, which I will reference 
uh, in this conversation that we have. Uh, Dancing with Dinosaurs, uh, perhaps his first most groundbreaking book. Uh, Sacred Cows Make Gourmet Burgers. I love that one. Uh, One of my favorite books of his, The Nomadic Church, which is about uh, uh, being a church that meets in portable facilities. Uh, Those in coaching with me are familiar with his book, Go Big, Leading Your Church to Explosive Growth, and then it continues on from there. And uh, Bill's one of those guys that I recommend that you basically read everything that he's ever written. But uh, you don't have to do that right now because uh, I'm going to put Bill to uh, some questions, and you're going to learn a lot, so prepare to take some notes, prepare to be challenged, and prepare to have an inside glimpse of the truth about church growth. So let's go to my private Renegade Pastors Conference that was recently held uh, at the Hyatt in Los Angeles, California, as my Q&A with Bill Esom on the truth about church growth. Well, welcome to the Renegade Pastors Conference. And uh, this session this afternoon is a Q&A session that I'm doing with uh, uh, Bill Esom, who has been our guest at the entire Renegade Pastors Conference and has done a great job. And for the next uh, 50 or so minutes, I'm going to interview him about my favorite book of his. Now, Bill, you've written a lot of books. In fact, uh, how many books do you have out there? I I don't know, about 20. About 20. Yeah, somewhere Uh, along there. So you've written way too many when you just Uh, lost count. Yeah. It's like children. If you lose count, you've got too many. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I guess so. But uh, this was one of your first books, I believe. It was the first one. Oh, the very first one. Very first. So this book is called The Church Growth Handbook, and uh, I looked it up on Amazon, and it's still available in print, and uh, this is one of my favorite books. Now, I have uh, several of uh, books of Bill's are, are favorites of mine. I, I love the one you did on uh, the Nomad Church. Mm, uh, I thought yeah. that was a really great one as well, but uh, this one was copyright 1990, and it's basically Bill's take on church growth. And I recently reread this book in preparation for the conference, and I was amazed at how much from this book is still relevant today. Uh, In fact, I was also amazed at how many things that I teach that I must have stolen from you when I read this (laughs) book 15 years ago. And I try not to use the word steal. I try to use the word swipe. I I swiped it from you. We all do that. And uh, so there's so much stuff in here. I thought, man, I was so fresh and I was so new teaching this only to find out that uh, you'd been talking about it for uh, 20 years uh, prior to that. So I thought if you're willing, what we would do is uh, just go through some of the principles, practices, teachings uh, from uh, the Church Growth Handbook and just let you give us your take on it. And okay. Tell us if it's still true, if uh, you would change it, if you think it's different now, if it's evolved, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. So I'm going to start with one of the premises of the book, which is on page 14. And uh, here you write, churches like people are healthiest when they reach out to others rather than worry about themselves. Churches grow because they intentionally reach out. Churches die because they dwell on their own internal problems. That hadn't changed uh, at all. That, uh, um, that's probably the number one uh, on the surface kind of uh, issue that we see um, in quite a number of the, t- the churches that we work with. Um, but, no, I wouldn't add a thing or subtract a thing from that. It's, it's still spot on. Yeah, so you introduced this basic law of congregational life that's uh, related to that. Uh, churches grow when they intentionally reach out to people instead of concentrating on their institutional needs. Churches die when they concentrate on their own needs. Uh, this is the basic law 
of congregational life. Why do churches turn inward? Why do we get focused on our in institutional needs? And then how can we keep a church outwardly focused? Well, it's, it's called sin, I believe. <laughs> um, people are basically selfish. And, and part of what the gospel about is uh, dealing with that selfishness, really. Because that's, that's at the heart of sin. And I think that's uh, the primary reason churches do that is because they're really not churches. Uh, we've allowed them to become something else, a uh, social club, uh, uh, you know, a nice place to go with nice people. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, probably the easiest answer to that is to say that the average member of a congregation does not know the meaning of the word ecclesia. And as a result of that, uh, they, they have the consumer mindset. And so it's what can it do for me and, and not what can I do for the kingdom. Um, I think that's the basic problem. It's, it's sin. What can we do about it? Well, it's like everything else. If, if God gives you a vision and, and you stick with that vision over and over and over, uh, it, it makes a difference. The church that I turned around, that I stayed at 24 years, when I came there, uh, it was a social club uh, and, and a do-good club. They had a, a, a swimming pool uh, on the north side of town that they expected the poor Hispanics, Latinos, from the west side of town to come to and swim in. Well, they didn't have transportation, so they couldn't be there, but they couldn't understand that. Well, uh, for a year, I preached on the book of Acts. And it was an intentional uh, uh, attempt to get them to see that, that the New Testament church did not exist for itself. Jerusalem did, and what did it do? It died. Uh, and I kept saying over and over, I don't want to be a Jerusalem church. I want to be an Antioch church. And midway through that first year, it caught. And we had a big board meeting and threw out half of the congregation. And that was the beginning of... Uh, 24 wonderful years of growth. So the way to grow a church is throw out half of the congregational leadership? Is that well, that's generally true. It, it's, you know, yeah. I, I, well, I've never seen a church turn around that didn't lose some members. And it's usually two or three, and they may take 15 or 20 or 30 people with them when they go because, you know, uh, disease um, spreads uh, and sends a disease. And, you know, it's, uh, if, if, if it's all about me, I, I'm not part of the kingdom. I mean, it's pretty simple. And so p- part of it is uh, church members who aren't Christians. Uh, it's time just to own up to it that, that that's part of the problem of a lot of churches. And um, I don't mind losing those folks in order to gain thousands of people, you know, who, who, who want to follow Christ. So, you know, it, it, it's not that you intentionally want to get rid of people. It's it's just like cancer. You can't live with it. You have to you have to get rid of it. And two or three people usually are the cancer that kills the church. I was in one church that had five thousand members, and all I had to do was get rid of one member, the biggest giver, of course, you know. And that's all they had to do in order to, to to grow it. And they wouldn't do it. Well, that wasn't a church because if it was a church, you got five thousand members. There ought to be two or three thousand people there who have a kingdom mindset, and there weren't. So it really wasn't a church. In the book, you uh, talk about integrity factors when it comes to church growth. Uh, Before we get into the actual factors, uh, I felt like as I was reading this, 
you were trying to add to the church growth conversation that uh, maybe church growth was beginning to take some hits and that some people said the church growth movement was only interested in numbers. And so I love the integrity factors and I'd like to address those, but anything you'd like to say about the critics of church growth or the church growth movement? Oh, they're idiots. Um, (laughs) If I put it bluntly. Speak your mind. Feel free. This is a safe crowd. Uh, Anybody that's read McGavern knows it's it's not about numbers, but it's like anything else. If you can't measure it, it's really hard to know where you are in the process. Uh, church growth movement has got a, got a bad rap. Part of it's our fault because of, of the way we uh, flaunt numbers. Um, but McGavern was about bringing people into the kingdom, 100%. So, uh, I, you know, I, I uh, wrestled with Abington about this title, and uh, they didn't like the title. I didn't like the title, um, but uh, I, I went with it because I wanted it to make a statement to people who were who were uh, all over me about uh, building a church, you know, because uh, the, fl- the flack had started back in the in the in the seventies and well, actually the eighties. Uh, if you're building a church, there's something wrong with you, you know, and and uh, you know that's just nonsense. So, you know, th- th- those are good people. They they just are are stupid. There's no other way to put it. They haven't read McGavern. They 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 do like a lot of people do. They haven't read the book, but they don't like it. You know. So. Yeah, we can uh, cut this out of the recording, but that's one of the reasons I'm doing the A to Z. <laughs> Not your part, my part. What I'm about to say, but uh, one of the reasons that uh, I'm doing the A to Z workshop is, uh, yeah, I asked people in a conference just a, a couple of months ago. I said, how many of you know the name Donald McGavern? And uh, out of about 50 pretty much CLI insiders who came to a boot camp that we were doing, you know, less than four or five mm-hmm. could say they even know who he is. And I said, how many of you have actually read McGavern? And all the hands went down, you know, even like his basic understanding church growth or you know, the bridges of God, which was the beginning, but it wasn't the church growth development. And uh, when I interview uh, Gary in a couple of weeks about McGavern, I'm going to ask him that same question about what do you say to the critics uh, of that movement. Uh, he might be more delicate. Well, it, maybe what I should say is read his books. You know, that'd be a place to start before, before you criticize him. Yeah, I heard somebody say one time that McGovern called it church growth because everybody was down on the E word at the time. Evangel- everybody was down on evangelism. Yeah. So he tried to create a, a new word to kind of get them to reconsider what... There are always those people that don't want to do the hard work of evangelism or church growth or whatever you want to call it. It's hard work, yeah. uh, and it doesn't come naturally. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather I'd rather go off with a good book and, and leave everybody alone. But you know, because I'm an introvert. Um, but it's not about me, and that's what churches need to get a hold of and understand. It, it, they exist for people who aren't yet there, and churches that don't have that attitude usually don't grow. All right, we're back in the studio, and uh, before you go on this month's podcast, let me tell you about part two that's coming up, and then I have a very special opportunity for you. Uh, In part two, we're going to talk to you about uh, the most effective way for you to grow your church, and I'm going to introduce you to some church growth terms like the homogeneity principle, as well as uh, some various ways that you can improve your worship service, which is the most visible aspect 
of your uh, church. So in the next session, we're going to look at the fastest way to grow your church. And I'm going to continue my conversation with Bill Esom. And the next conversation is about 20 minutes long. And you're going to enjoy that. So stay tuned at uh, Church Leader Insights and uh, look for our next podcast. You can find us on iTunes or perhaps the best place is on the homepage at churchleaderinsights.com. But uh, as a podcast listener and as someone who's made it all the way through this podcast, I know you are a serious student of church growth. And because of that, I want to invite you to give a test drive of my Renegade Pastors Network. And uh, this is my basic coaching network that I do for pastors who are no longer content with average. And uh, the conversation that you just heard between myself and Bill Esom, that was recorded live at the annual Renegade Pastors Conference. And that's just one of the many benefits that you receive from being in the coaching network. In addition to the annual conference, which you're able to attend for free, you also receive monthly coaching from me. And that's uh, two times a month, one time through a direct leadership and strategy briefing that I deliver every month live based on the latest learnings and seasons of a church life. And then secondly, through longer interviews that I have with key authors or thought leaders uh, like Bill Esom, like Rick Warren, like Dr. Brad uh, Smart, like Jim Lohr, like uh, the recent uh, vice president uh, at Disney, as well as uh, religious and business uh, leaders. Patrick Lencioni comes to mind. Uh, the archive is available to you as soon as you join. And then each month uh, there's a new interview uh, where you can learn from these key business leaders uh, and uh, religious leaders. Then in addition to those two monthly calls, all of which are recorded and uh, made available to you uh, either live or after the fact, uh, you also receive uh, uh, my Church Growth Champions newsletter. In fact, uh, you heard in the uh, Q&A with Bill that we referenced Donald McGavern, and uh, you will actually receive that Church Growth newsletter uh, when you join as an early bonus. Then uh, every month there's a new Church Growth newsletter. Every month there are book summaries, approximately 24 book summaries that you receive a year. These are the best books that we can find that will help you stay off of average and become that renegade pastor that uh, I believe stands in the tradition of Spurgeon and D.L. Moody and uh, other modern day leaders that we might admire. Uh, in addition to that, you get access to an online Renegade Pastors Hub, where immediately you'll receive over $813 worth of my best resources. There's uh, literally too much for me to tell you that you receive in this Renegade Pastors Network. So I want to give you a website, and I want to invite you to go to renegadepastors.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's renegadepastors.com forward slash podcast. And on that site, you will see everything that you get immediately upon joining the Renegade Pastors Network. And again, there's over $813 worth of free resources you get the moment you join, uh, plus uh, archive access to uh, all of my equipping calls, the latest strategy and briefing calls, uh, previous book summaries, church growth newsletters, and all of that. It's like uh, immediately you receive this massive church growth library. And then month to month, there are ongoing benefits, and you can read all about that while you're there. And this network is $99 a month. So I've kept it really low and I've made it accessible for everyone. And, uh, you know, this is uh, one sixth of uh, the investment of my highest network, like my advanced coaching, or one third of the uh, investment of like my uh, systems coaching. So this is my uh, most accessible network 
that I've ever provided, and it's also my most popular. Uh, I imagine there's a correlation between that. But I want to give you a full 60-day test drive of the Renegade Pastors Network for only $1. So for a dollar, uh, you're going to get a test drive of this network, and you're also going to receive a free copy of my Renegade Pastor hardback book. And that book itself is $19. So for a dollar, you're going to get my book. You're going to get a test drive of the network. You're going to get over $813 worth of free resources. You're going to get immediate access to the archive, the hub. And you're going to be able to play around with it and fully engage it for the next 60 days. And then anytime during that period, if you find it's not right for you, you can cancel and keep everything that you've downloaded or that you've enjoyed during that network. And then at the end of 60 days, I think you're going to love it so much and you're going to see there's so much value that you're going to stay with me forever, or at least until the Lord returns or something like that. But uh, the point is, uh, this is a don't miss opportunity. And uh, I just uh, want to encourage you to give it a try. You know, pastors, sometimes we're, we're not willing to take as many risks as we should for church growth and personal growth. But the only thing you're really risking over the next uh, 60 days is the dollar. And uh, I'm sure you've got a dollar. In fact, if I could be there with you, I would loan you the dollar and uh, give you this test drive. But I, I need you to at least put something uh, in this, some kind of investment. So as dollar is the best I can do and as low as I can make it to allow me to prove to you that the renegade way is the right way. And the renegade way is the way that is the narrow way. I think it's the Jesus way. It's the way of life, health, and growth. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of average. I'm tired of average in my uh, personal growth, in my church uh, life, in the life of my uh, congregation, uh, in, in my family. I don't want to be average. And I want to fulfill my calling and be the minister that God has called me to be. And that's what this Renegade Pastors Network is all about. So take a look at that, renegadepastors.com forward slash podcast. And uh, you'll see all the details about that. You can sign up for only a dollar uh, for the first 60 days right on the website. And in the meantime, if you found this podcast helpful, I hope you will do me a favor. And that is let your friends know about it. Uh, I know in these days where uh, maybe the podcast isn't as cool as it once was, but uh, think about this free online training that you, you received today uh, from Bill Esom, And then uh, I can tell you, it's just going to get better as we have part two uh, coming up and then uh, part three to wrap up our series uh, after that. So this is a, a great conversation uh, that we're having with Bill Esom, And I'll see you back next time for the fastest way to grow a church. Part two of my conversation with Bill Esom. I'm Nelson Searcy. I've been your host for the churchleaderinsights.com podcast. Thanks for joining us. God bless you.